Aid agencies are preparing to go into Gaza as the humanitarian crisis there intensifies. After talks today with US President Joe Biden, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has agreed to allow aid in through Egypt as long as those supplies don't go to Hamas. It's not yet clear when the aid will be allowed through. The British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has also announced he is on his way to the Middle East. Joining us now is Otago University Professor of Politics and International Relations, Robert Patman. Kia ora. it's been a big 24 yeah. hours uh, with President Biden in the Middle East. This aid deal is a significant development. Well, possibly, but it has to be weighed against the fact that the US uh, vetoed uh, a, a, a UN Security Council resolution, which was supported by 12 of the um, UN Security Council members, uh, which allowed for uh, a ceasefire, uh, condemnation of violence against all civilians, and would prepare the way for humanitarian help. So America has, on the one hand, denied full-scale humanitarian assistance, but on the other hand, has opened the door with regard to, or tried to uh, help through Mr. Biden's diplomacy to unlock the door with regard to the Egyptian border with Gaza. Because I think it's something like only 20 trucks are going through it, and, yeah. and the deal with the UN would have been significantly larger? Yes. I mean, this is a drop in the ocean. Uh, let's be quite clear about this. Uh, Gaza Strip, even before the fuel and food blockade and uh, water, or water was cut off, even before then, the, the territory had been subject to a 17-year air, sea and land blockade. So living conditions were very difficult before Israel started its retaliatory bombardment of the Gaza Strip um, in, in response to the terror attacks on Israel by Hamas. We've seen in the, in the last few hours photos of President Biden hugging Benjamin Netanyahu. What do you make of this display of support and, and what could this do to, to further anger people towards Israel and well, the United I, States? I, I, think, I think it is quite risky for Mr. Biden. Uh, the United States has always taken the view that it had Israel's back and that was a traditional position that it reiterated in the wake of the horrific terror attacks by Hamas. But Mr. Biden keeps stressing Israel's right to self-defense. I don't think many people quibble with that. It's just whether that right to self-defense includes uh, effectively um, imposing a siege on a territory which there's 2.3 million people, many of which had nothing to do with the terror attacks uh, that Israel experienced. Um, if Mr. Netanyahu's intelligence service were caught cold and surprised by those terror attacks by Hamas. It's also, I think it's fair to deduce that the average Palestinians living in Gaza knew very little about what Hamas was intending to do and therefore were not party to the attacks. The problem is then political. No amount of bombing yeah. will give an answer or, or a solution? No, there's no military solution to a political problem. I mean, Hamas can be completely distinguished, but the Palestinian desire for self-determination and statehood will not be diminished. And uh, there has to be a way forward in which the international community begins to impose some sort of pressure 
to come up with a formula whereby Israel's security can be reconciled with the Palestinian desire for self-determination and statehood. After all, the Palestinians have been denied a state for more than 50 years. If you look, speaking about the, the international relations, is this a difficult time for New Zealand to be without a formal government? We've got a caretaker government who can't make any huge decisions. Um, I, I know it's you know politically difficult in that sense, but it's not impossible. Chris Luxon and um, Chris Hipkins, um, they both have a bipartisan approach to foreign policy, as both pointed out, or at least Chris Luxon pointed out, in the, the debates between the leaders during the election. I think New Zealand should have a voice on this issue. It's very important that New Zealand makes it clear to the world that we support uh, Israel's right to defend itself, but that defense of itself has to include full respect for humanitarian law and international law generally, and does not extend to collective punishment of a population in Gaza which was not involved in the terrorist attacks. Does that make it complicated again if if New Zealand doesn't say something? Does that make the country complicit in an agreement with with Joe Biden, President Biden and uh, Prime Minister Sunak? I think this situation is unfolding, to be fair. Uh, Some people who who raced to the defence of Israel were deeply affected, quite naturally, by the appalling nature of the attacks. And they did not envisage the type of retaliation that would ensue. We now can see quite clearly the the response that Israel is coming up with. And to date, close to 3,000 Palestinian civilians have been killed since Hamas attacks, and 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 that's close to a 1,000 children. And we have to, as a democracy, we have to point out that a beastly act by Hamas does not justify an even more beastly act by Israel, the victim. So it's very important that New Zealand makes its voice heard on the international stage. Otherwise, many may conclude that we're not being consistent with our own values as an international actor, and particularly... Our views on fairness and their respect for law, a rules-based international system. Kia ora. Thank you very much. That's Professor of Politics and International Relations, Robert Patman.